with us over Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 54. We'll have it up here on the screen as well. Um, the, the seventh chapter of Acts is 60 verses in. It's very one of the longest verse, uh, chapters in the book of Acts. Um, so we're not going to be able to go through all of it. But we want to hit here at towards the end of this uh, sequence of events. Um, and then we're going to go back and we're going to rehash most of what happens in this chapter. Um, but the scripture reads like this. Um, I want us to understand today um, to be mindful of our story. Um, to be mindful of our story and what, what that looks like, what we can learn from it, um, the story of who we are, the story of what God has done in our life. Amen. So the scripture here today reads like this. It says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. So that's Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 54. Um, so let, let's look at the whole story, right? What, what has just happened here? Last we read was in Acts chapter 6 when they called what we know as the deacons, right? The first seven deacons is what they'd come to be known as. Um, they were they served tables, right? They loved on the people in the community. The apostles, Peter, James, and John, they focused on sharing the gospel. They focused on, on spreading the ministry in that way. And the deacons were raised up, were chosen to go and to serve tables, to go and to help people that were named the widows, the orphans, the ones that were destitute, the ones that that were going through heart issues and sickness and things like that. That's what the deacons were. And we understand that Stephen was one of those, right? The Bible says that Stephen was a man that was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. He was a close to God. He was a good man of God. We see here that as they begin to do the ministry and everything, just like what happened in Jesus' life, what happens with the apostles, the same happens with the deacons. They are challenged and pushed by people from the temple, the Sanhedrin courts, the uh, Sadducees and Pharisees, and, and Stephen got into a conflict with them, right? He's preaching the gospel. He's telling people about Jesus. He's sharing. He's serving. He's doing what God had called him to do. And it ends up in a situation very similar um, to, to what we see throughout Scripture with the, with the apostles and with Christ, where he is accused of blasphemy. They say that he is blaspheming against Moses, blaspheming against the temple, all these things. And they bring him before the court. They bring up false witnesses and everything against him to say that he's doing these awful things, these things that they knew would rile up the Sanhedrin court, rile up the judges, rile up the ones that were overseeing all everything. And they ask him, here in the first verse, they ask Stephen. It says the high priest that says, ask him, says, are these things so? Are these things so? And instead of answering the question that they had directly asked him, Stephen breaks out into a history lesson of the people of Israel, right? He goes in and he begins to remind them of who they are, remind them of their story, remind them of what God has done. He starts with Abraham. He basically says Abraham was called out of this foreign place. He was promised a child. And then there was a foretelling of going into captivity and then being released from captivity, right? He says that all this happens with Abraham, our forefather, the one that started us, the one that, got, that we all trace our lineage back to. This is who he was. He was from a foreign land, called out, and he was obedient to God, goes into a new place. He's promised a child when he has no inheritance at all, and then he goes through all this and he's told that his people will become great number but then they'll be put into captivity but that God would deliver them, right? He goes on and he talks about Joseph. He says, the patriarchs all the other sons of Jacob, of Israel he said, they hated Joseph. They didn't want anything to do with him. They went and they sold him into slavery and they took Joseph to Egypt and he went to Potiphar's house and all these things happened 
so that the people could be preserved. I love what Joseph says in the, in the original reading where we go back to the story. He says, what you meant for evil, God used for good. He says, Joseph went to Egypt and the famine came and, and Jacob and his people, they had to go to Egypt land to find some grain and things, but God had basically already prepared a way to preserve his people. And he continues. He says, And there came a time where there was a where the Pharaoh rose up that did not know Joseph. And he said, And they our people were put into captivity. All these bad things happened. For four hundred years we were in captivity, doing all these things, working our bone, working our fingers to the bone, just going and going and going and being mistreated, all these awful things. And Moses rose up. God rose up Moses to come out from amongst his people to do these things. And he used them and he worked his life in a unique way to get him to a place where he could be our de- deliverer, right? And he says that he delivers us from this place. He delivers us from this captivity. But what do we do? He goes on and he says, We went out to the wilderness. And he said that there were some of us, our people, that even that yearned to go back to the ways of Egypt, that wanted these gods built, that wanted these things built to lead them back to how things were in Egypt. And he said, look at this. Look at what we've done. He said, this is who we are. He says, remember and look at our story. This was their story the story of who they were of what brought them to this place of how god had uniquely crafted the situation to get israel to where israel was was at that time and in that season of history and he's reminding of all of them he's saying you know this you are the the sadducees these pharisees you're the most well-read the most well-educated people you know our history he says you've seen this you've read it you know our story but he says he's reminding them of their story so that they can remember what they had learned from it. Have you ever went and read through history? And the sad reality is that a lot of times we read through history and we learn nothing from it, right? We learn nothing about it. We sit down with a book. We sit down, you know, watch a documentary or something on History Channel. And then we turn it off and we can't really say we learned anything much about it. And what Stephen is challenging these people, these, these higher-ups, these elect in the temple, he's, challenging, he's saying, what have you learned from this situation? What have you learned from our history? What have you learned from your, our story? He says, basically, he's talking to him. He's saying, you've got all these laws. You've got all these rules. You've got all these things that you follow. You've taken the law of Moses. You've expanded it and made it your own thing. And you've warped it and you've twisted it. And you say and you act a certain way. But what have you learned from what God has done in our story? What he's saying, he's saying, Abraham teaches us that God will call us out of a place away from the former things into a new life. He said we learn from Joseph that we know that God will preserve us, that God will keep us, that God will be there for us. He says, I know we're under Roman rule right now. I know things might not not look too good right now. I know things might not be how we would hope for it to be right now. But understand this. He said He would preserve us. He would take care of us. We can look at Moses and see a deliverer. He's telling them here, he said, basically, God sent the next deliverer, sent the Messiah, and you scorned him. You murdered him. You betrayed him. He's saying, what did you learn? our story what did you learn he says but you look and you see what they did they were brought out of Egypt and what they do they rebel and he said we're doing the same things right now he said you're just like your fathers he said you're just like your fathers those fathers that were that had went, went and been born in Egypt were raised in Egypt all they knew was torment and torture and pain and suffrage and slavery that's all they knew and they were delivered and what happens God sends a deliverer to bring them out and they yearn for the things that they used to be yeah he says you're just like your fathers he says God has sent his Messiah 
God has sent Him to us to deliver us into the new life that He has for us. Away from the old things, past, past all the things that we used to be, into the new season of what He wants for us. And He says, and you have just scorned Him and yearned for the things of old. He says, what have you learned yeah. from our story? With our own lives. We all have a, have a story. We all do. It might not be written down in a book. It might be, not be well documented. There might not be people that are living around you that are constantly taking notes of what you did here and when you did it and how you did it and all these things. You might not ever get a book written about you, a movie made about you, a song sung about you. But we all have a story. A story of how God uniquely worked in our lives to get us to where we are at right now. But what have we learned from our story? What have we learned from our story, from our life with God, from the sermons that we've heard, the songs that we've sung, the testimony that we've heard people give, the testimonies that we've given ourselves? What have we we learned the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they knew the history of their people, the story of what God had done. They could quote it. They could tell you it verbatim, word for word. And they could go into great detail about who was involved and how old they were and what they did and who their lineage was. But they learned nothing about what God was working in their life to do. You might be able to go back and you can look at your life and you can tell me about things. You can maybe give me memories from when you were two years old and all those little things that you sounds that you made and things that you did. But if you don't understand what God is work that God is working in your life, you've learned nothing from your story. If you don't look back and say, Yes, I understand that God was present. Yes, I understand that God was working. Yes, I understand that God was moving, that He is putting things in the right places. He is molding me. He is making me. If we don't look back at our story and recognize God is doing something, then we've not learned from our story. Our story should teach us. We should know, have we not learned that God is good by looking at our story? Have we not learned that God is present by looking at our story? Have we not learned that God cares, that God loves us, that God wants us by looking at our story? We can sit in our situation right now. It might be bad, it might be good, it might be rough, it might be whatever it may be. And we should look back at our story and recognize and know some key things that God is good, that God does care. That God is present. That God is working. That He has not left us nor forsaken us. But that God is doing something. What have you learned from your story? What have you learned from your story? What have you learned from what God has done and worked in your life? We we might think, well, I'm just a simple person. or nothing. God's never, never really done anything in my life of big things. God has done things in your life. He's never done anybody else's life. That's right. If we take the time to go back and reread our story, God has worked in ways in your life that are massive and just just the of great significance and consequence to getting you to where you are today. But if we don't take the time to look back and see what God has done, to remember it, to know it, to learn from it, then we are missing out. We are missing out on that part of our story. Our, that part of our story. Sadducees and Pharisees were the bigwigs, right? They had great esteem. They had great respect. They had great power, great authority. When it came to the way that, this, that, that, that the city of Jerusalem, the people of Israel ran, 
outside of the Roman Empire at this time in history, people probably had more respect for the people in the temple than they had any place else in the city, anywhere else in the country. These Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin court, these, this group. But yet, they used that authority, they used that power, they used that position for the wrong things because they failed to learn and see God in their story. The enemy, Satan, Lucifer, would convince you and would have you to believe that God has never done anything in your story. That God is absent from your life. That God has not worked and God has not done and God has not moved. But I want you to understand and I want you to know that there is nothing further from the truth. That God is, is there. That God is working and that God is moving. And we should, we should know that, right? We should see that. We should look at our story and we should look at what God has done. We should look at the very fact that we are created, that we are living and breathing here still in this moment, that we are able to do anything at all at the very fact to know that God is in our story, that God is working on our life, that God is doing something greater than us, bigger than us, higher than us, things that we cannot comprehend or understand or know what God is doing or leading us to, that God is moving and working in our life and that there's things for us to learn from that, things that we should learn from that. But however, as the Scripture talks about, are we, though, that just another stubborn generation? Are we just another stubborn generation? Let's read that scripture again. Understand the significance. Uh, put it all in, in, into context, right? We can read this, and it, it just seems bold. It, just anybody reading it, right? This man is standing in front of people that were about to kill this dude, right? This man was standing in front of people that had power to rip his life apart, rip his family apart, take everything he had, and just destroy it, utterly destroy it. And here he stands before them, giving them a history lesson, and then he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. You resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so did you. Yeah. Is this yeah, us? Are we just continuing the the process of just slumping back into our old ways, of just becoming accustomed to how things are, uh, of just being okay with whatever goes on, and, and if things go good, it's good, and if God's doing something, that's good, and if somebody gets saved, that's good, and if somebody gets healed, that's good, and if God works, that's good, but if it not, we just slump back into our old ways. It's progression, right? I'm not one just to live in the past. I'm not one just to say, oh, I, I wish we were back in the old days. That's not my mentality. My mentality is that God still wants to do great things today. Right. My mentality is that God still wants to move and work today. My mentality is that God has greater things in store for us than we even think we are capable of if we would be obedient to Him, right? But I want to, but just understand, it, it's, it's, it's very clear that over the past several generations, there has been a trend away from following the Holy Spirit, from being obedient to the working of God, to doing what He asks us to do, to even caring about Him to some extent, that we have begun to gradually drift and slide away from that. So are we just the next generation to, to do that? Just to slump back into the former things, the unhealthy things, the sinful things, the things that we know God didn't mean for us. Are we just going to go back to that? Accept that. Embrace that. Be okay with that. I fear that we have become a yeah but kind of people. 
embracing our own logic and our own reason over the truth of who we know that God is. We can say, I know the Bible says this, but. And I know that God commands this, but. And I know the Holy Spirit would want me to do this, but. I know this, but. That's the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We know this, but. We know this story, Stephen. But you don't understand. He says, no, you don't understand. You've not learned from your story. You know the story, but you've not learned anything from it. We can choose to to just continue on the path of, of previous generations and allowing ourselves and our families and our churches to just slowly drift farther from God's desire. For his people. We can just allow things to deteriorate. Or we can push to maintain and become the people that God desires for us to be. But but we have to learn from our story. You see, we have to learn the lessons that God has left behind in the life that he has given us to become who he wants us to be. There's, it's no coincidence that God delivered you from that because he wants you to learn something from it. It's no coincidence that God worked in your life that way because He wanted you to learn something from it. It's no coincidence that God sent that person at that time and that season. He wanted you to learn something from them. It's no coincidence that there was that sermon was there that time when you needed it. He wanted you to learn something from it. It's no coincidence that there was a song sung or a testimony given or somebody just came and gave you a hug right when you needed it. He wanted you to learn something from it. Amen. Learn something from the way that God is working in your life. It's great to say, I'm so thankful God did something for me. What did you learn from it? How did you get closer to God through it? I can be thankful that my wife does things for me, but if it doesn't make me closer to her, then really it doesn't have the full effect of what it was meant to do. I can be thankful God did something for me, but if I don't get closer to Him through the process, it doesn't have the full effect of what it was meant to do. They were in Israel at that time, in that season. They had the temple that was built in a glorious and a magnificent way. They had the positions that they had because of what God had done. They were there. They recognized it, but they learned nothing from it. They were thankful to have that position. They were thankful to have that temple. They were thankful to be out of Egypt once they got out. They were thankful for these things, but they didn't grow closer to God because of it. They just said, thank you, Lord, and moved on. What's the next thing? What did you learn from your story? I've been um, in the school all last week, and you know, there's different actions. But when you, but the first thing we do is really we ask them, what did you learn not to do? What did you learn from it? What did you learn from it? What when you were going through that difficult time, when you were going through that bad season, when you were broken and you were hurt and you were weary and you were worn and God delivered you, what did you learn from it? Did we learn that God is ever present? Did we learn that God is there? When we were sick and we needed healing and He healed us, did we learn that God can heal? When we had we when we didn't have what we needed and God delivered that to us, did we know that we learned that He would provide everything and abundantly more than we need? When we were lost in need of a Savior and He saved us, do we really understand that He is ready to save and to seek and to save all that is lost? Yeah. What did we learn from it? What did we learn from the life that God has led you through, from the seasons that He has delivered you from, the famine and the desert that you were sunk in, the mire and the mess that you were entangled with, 
What did you learn through how God worked in your life? It's great to be thankful. And we should be thankful for everything that God has done for us. But we should also learn something about the nature of God and who He is by how He has worked in your life. If He has saved you, you should know that He is a Savior. If He has delivered you, you should know that He is a deliverer. If He has provided for you, you should know that He is a provider. And if He wasn't a provider before... The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a provider now. If He was our Savior before, He is our Savior now. If He was our Deliverer before, He is our Deliverer now. If He was our Helper before, He is our Helper now. What did you learn about your Jesus? Yeah, bless Him, Lord. What did you learn about God through your story? It's great that we can learn things from other people's story, but the greatest lessons about who God is, you will learn from your story. From your story. And God is working in your story. Right. In your life. Little or old man or woman with great wealth or little possessions. He is working in your life. So what have you learned? Be mindful of our story. Because our story tells us much about who God is who God wants to continue to be in your life daily. I'm thankful that in my story, I know He is there.